Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Uh, doing good, Shad. I'm doing good. I'm glad to hear it. Thank you, everybody out there who's listening this episode. Glad you could join us. I'm sorry. Excuse me. We want to go ahead and get our shout-outs taken care of right here at the beginning. So the first one is going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Use the promo code 4CORNERSPODCAST. That's the number 4, capital C in Corners, capital P in Podcast. Save 10% off your order. And our other shout-out means that we hand it to Matt. Yeah, that would go to Orlando Cologne. You know, I think I, heard, I actually heard that Orlando Cologne is going to star in a remake of Droopy Master Detective. <laughs> I don't really? know what that is. Uh, you know, I don't I know don't either. either. I just threw that in there. It's just like a funny thing. I, <laughs> I don't remember this at all. Oh, oh I'm Shad, sorry. I believe, I, you've, I believe you've written bang on my cup. <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt. I dropped <laughs> I'm going to blow up the slushy stand. Um, I'm sorry, I dropped my line. Matt, that sounds like a segue. It is a segue. <laughs> sorry about that. Sorry, it's oh. it's one of those. It's one of those nights so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So We got we got ourselves a little hyper talking about Harley Quinn, the, the TV yeah. show, which if you haven't watched, you <sighs> should. And, um, you know, I was thinking, because we were just talking, we were talking last week about how they, they deleted that scene, the Batman Catwoman scene from season three. Yeah. And I was thinking like, wow, like if I was a network executive, that's actually a brilliant way to promote that show is by actually banning that scene so it gets out. Because now or, everyone's going to want to watch your show. Or don't even, don't even have the scene. Just tell everyone you were going to. And that you weren't going to have it, so you didn't even spend the money doing it, but it, it turns up this whole big thing. I think I sent you guys, like, Zack Snyder, um, <laughs> Zack Snyder tweeted out a pic of what he how he thought that scene was supposed to go, so... Oh, I, I was thinking about the one, the, the, the memo you said that he'd lick it now, lick it then, and lick it whenever, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That one was funny. So in, in reality, we are talking about the 1993 into spring 94 cartoon schedule. Um, we're kind of doing this to make up for how mediocre 92 was. 92 was really mm -hmm. mediocre. Painfully mediocre, if you ask me. Yeah, it was it was not great. So um, there's actually a lot of interesting new stuff this year and a lot of stuff I have fond remembrances of. Yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff in this. So we're gonna we're gonna hit ABC. So eight o'clock we have crows. So this is this is like a mammoth that can talk recounting tales of his youth in a 
cave boy named Crow. And it's essentially that's essentially the concept of the show. I remember watching this and it wasn't bad. I have no memory of this one at all. <clears throat> like nothing. I have absolutely no memory of this. Well, then we could move on to Cowboys and New Mesa at eight thirty. Can we can we pa- can I, can we pause though? Yeah. Right, yeah. Let me talk about a different um, caveman show. That's from the modern era. Have either of you watched uh, Primal? I don't know what that is. Is by, it, is it a cartoon? That is, yes, that is that. That's it's done by Jindy Tartakovsky. Oh, okay. For, well, I have to check for, that out then because for Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. Really, you guys haven't seen this? No, no I have not. So the first episode aired in 2019, but then they did they did a first they did a full season, um, ten episodes that that aired in 2020. It, it, some of the first the first few episodes may have aired in 2019. I, I don't quite know. Like the the pandemic era has like made things blur together, but um, certainly by 20 by late 2020, like all the episodes had aired. And the premise is it's the hero is. Um, I guess it's two heroes. It's a caveman who his entire family gets like killed and eaten by dinosaurs because it's set you know in, in caveman days. But he befriends. Uh, she's not a. She's not like a, a child or a, an um, adolescent, but she's some sort of like smaller sized tyrannosaurus. But it's the two of them. They become essentially like friends uh and they kind of travel around you know and get into adventures and that sounds like it's i'm making it sound almost lighthearted. it's not it is a dark show there is a tremendous amount of of violence and death i mean samurai it, jack was a really dark show too it's this is not as bleak in, in the sense that samurai jack was essentially like a like dystopian. a yeah, dystopian apocalypse. It's not quite that, but I mean, it is. I mean, as you could imagine, like in an era, in a period of time where there's just like giant, you know, man-eating dinosaurs roaming around and other things, there is all sorts of just like it's like it's just like a death world essentially. But there is, there's ten episodes. All the episodes are, are good. They're violent. They it's it's all it's also like pulls out your heartstrings sometimes because you want to see them overcome the adversities they face. There are, there's one episode that's really weird in the sense that it's, it involves like, like sorcery and magic with almost like an eldritch abomination. That's, that's a really weird one. He did, there um, is one. Did he do uh-huh. that star Wars? Like it was, it was like movie length, but it was built up of a bunch of shorts that was like between, Yes, um, that was like, the... yes, it was before it was before the computer animated Star Wars Clone Wars. Yeah, and it like bridged but... the gap between two of the movies because that's where um Grievous first appeared. Yeah, and Grievous was actually awesome in that. Like he just was decimating Jedi. Because yeah. uh, that I, I was thinking back and like that's very um that's very his action cor- choreography. Yes. For stuff. Yeah. People who who kind of have watched only like know him from some of his other stuff. Like I think are lulled into almost like a fake sense of 
I have people who just know him like from Dexter's. It's like no, like Samurai Jack was like full on action and 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 dark, but Primal is like it's dark in a different way and it's very very violent. The the most the freakiest episode is episode seven, which is called A Plague of Madness, and the the premise is that there is like a, I don't think it's like a brontosaurus, but it's it's like a brontosaurus type dinosaur gets infected with what can only be described as a zombie virus. Ooh, interesting. And, and, and it just goes on a fucking rampage and starts stalking the caveman and his, you know, Tyrannosaurus friend. And it's just them trying to like destroy him slash like run away from him. And it, like, essentially it's, it's a, it's, it's a 20 minute, like zombie miniaturized zombie film set in the like, caveman period with I wonder if that's on HBO Max. Uh maybe because a lot of a lot of adult swim stuff is on HBO Max. Yeah, because I've been I've been rewatching Aqua Teen Hunger Force and mm. um I just watched a couple days ago the G Wiz episode, which might be like the best episode of Aqua Teen. Mm. Anyway, Primal is a is a show def- definitely worth your time. Okay, and cool. it's, ten, it's ten episodes again. Like it's thirty, it's thirty minutes, but without commercials, it's like you, you know twenty-two minutes. You piqued my interest. With yeah, that. and they're they're supposed to drop the second season sometime this year, but that hasn't happened yet. So I imagine it's probably going to be like in the fall. And speaking, since we're we're talking about the creator of Dexter, that is still one of my favorite episodes. Is when Monkey takes on Rasslore. <laughs> Oh my god, I love that so much. Well, actually, the original, the original <laughs> end of Dexter was really good because remember they had the family had to work together and he has to reveal the lab to them and they have to defeat the kaiju with the help of Monkey in the I giant mecha he built. Don't, but um, because uh, I didn't get to watch a lot of uh, of Dexter's, but that's um. That's before they brought it back for like another five years, and then the animation style was different, and like the heart was oh, gone. Gotcha. I I cannot. I I still hear in my head. It, you you mentioned that. What do I still hear in my head? I hear. I could smash smash your body. I could break your bones, but I could never break your spirit. I spare your earth. You know, like full every time. Every time I hear the whole thing, anytime someone brings it up, and then they look at me and they go, what are you thinking about? And I'm like, you don't want to know. <laughs> so at 8.30, we talked about this a lot last week. So Cowboys and Mesa, this is actually still new episodes, but I distinctly remember they must have lowered the budget because the animation style changed, and I, I think the artwork took a nosedive for this season. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that made me sad. So then at 9 a.m., I actually did watch this show for a while. So this is Sonic the Hedgehog. So weirdly enough, this season, there are two Sonic the Hedgehogs. There was like the more kiddie comedy version. And then there was the Saturday morning version. That was the more serious older kid version. So this, yeah, this kind of introduced like he's part of like the freedom fighter Mm -hmm. group. Um, what's Urkel's real name? Jaleel White. White is the voice actor for both Sonics, actually, but he's he's the so Sonic voice they actor. They did this. Did they do the serious one first? 
No, they both came out at the same time, so I think the 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 comedy one had been out for a week or two at this point. Huh. But they came out simultaneously. Oh wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I I have a question. Like, did did either of you ever read the Sonic the Hedgehog series that was done by Archie Comics? A little bit of it. It went forever. I think it went for like almost 200 issues, didn't it? I, I, I just looked it up. It went for apparently – it went for 290 issues. Wow. It ran for – it ran for over – like, oh, wow. It ran for like 20, 24 years. I know a lot of those characters are in limbo now because mm-hmm. IDW can't use them and they belong to like Archie because the guy specifically created them while at Archie and Sega does not have a right to them. Um, mm. but I think this is more where like the whole freedom fighter thing came in. Cause it's a very, I think the comics were that developed. Cause I, I distinctly remember like them on the racks all the time. And I think I've read mm-hmm. a couple, but like, so this is, um, this has, I, I'm going to remember, I remember the, his, like the leader of the resistance was Sally, which was, was she a squirt? No, what was she? Do you remember what she was? Sally? Yeah. Wasn't she like a, uh, like a, was she a fox? She didn't That's have a Oh no! Then I got. She was, a, she was a chipmunk. Oh yeah, yeah, chipmunk. That's what. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Okay. Oh, her name was Sally Acorn. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Oh, there okay. it is. Yeah. So, yeah. um, this is a very bleak, like dystopian future kind of Sonic. Actually, mm-hmm. I really like the um, it still sticks with me. The the opening song to this, I I liked a lot. Yeah. And um, I remember this show. I watched the show at the time. Doctor Robotnik's just terrifyingly evil in this. Because mm-hmm. he, he not only are they gathering up the animals, but he is like piece by piece turning them into robots. It's not like he stuffs an animal in a robot. He's replacing because they have a uh, a bunny who's part of the Freedom Fighters who they got rescued like halfway through the process. So she's, she's got, got like, like robot med- arms, like she? legs and an arm. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's so like, it's um, like way more grim. There's like a French like is he a fox? Who? Maybe so. Like the Which one? The Which character? Cowardly member? Yeah, 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 him. Which character? I don't remember his name. I don't remember names. I'm just like getting visuals. He was kind of like I think he wore like a blue jacket and he was kind of cowardly. Hmm. I but don't this, remember. This I think turns into like Sonic X at some point. So I think this show had like longevity to it. I'm looking it up now because I, I, I got a look. Or at least the characters like transferred to a different show. But I think it got more um, anime as it went. Like, I think I think it took on like anime episodes and switched over to that eventually. Mm hmm. Did you did either of you watch the live action movie out of curiosity? I have not. I did not. I've not, but I have. I have heard from people that it's it's like not that bad. Well, they 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 took <clears throat> there was backlash to how he looked, and they actually took it seriously, and it sounded oh, like yeah. the movie yeah, that's turned true. out better for it. Oh well, he did look. It was almost like Uncanny Valley. Yeah. He looked just. They tried to make him like a more realistically like like anthropomorphic version of a, of a hedgehog, but that people had a very strong negative reaction to that. Which, so they they made they edited the movie to make him look more cartoony 
Which I can't believe they didn't learn the lesson. Cause remember when that Cats movie came out a couple years ago and the cats just looked oh. creepy and yeah. awful, well, like and it bombed. I, I I would never do. You have to be careful with that stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Brad, I found the answer to your question. The uh, the the one member in the blue coat, voiced by Rob Paulson, <clears throat> is a coyote named Antoine Depardieu. Okay. That's interesting. Yep. And he's this. Yeah, apparently he was a bodyguard for Sally as well. So like, if she was in danger, all the cowardice went away. But if it was just him, he was a super coward. So, uh, how odd. So would this be the best at this point? Would this be the best um video game based cartoon? That has come out. Um. It well, yeah, probably. I. I guess it depends on what you're looking for in it. Are you looking for something that's silly fun, or are you looking for something that's going to dig a little deeper? Like, I would because we're comparing this to like Super Mario Brothers Super Show. I would say something that kind of keeps some truth to the source material, but has a quality of storytelling. And um, effort put into it. I would say that apparently the shorthand for the one we're talking about is Sonic the Hedgehog. And then the parenthetical is Sat AM to separate it from yeah. the goofy Stupid chili dog obsessed one. With the what with the like the robot and the, the chicken that the, were like the, the two robots. Yeah. 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 Is Tails in the which one? was. E- yes. Okay. Yes, yeah, he is. I, um, I couldn't remember. I knew he was in the other one, but I couldn't remember if he was in this one. Yep. And Robotnik even has a first name in this one. It's Julian, voiced by a, Jim Cummings. That's not a bad. Um, that's not a bad name for him. Mm, I don't think so. He's not. Well, I mean, it's 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 antiquated now because um, America has has adopted just the Eggman thing, so he's not Robotnik mm-hmm. and any of that stuff anymore. He's just Eggman again uh, yeah uh i don't know how robotic, i feel about that actually robotic really voiced by the great jim cummings yep yeah he's done like a million voices including winnie the pooh and we yeah. talked about last week he was men's skin um Baldur's <laughs> Gate. okay so 9 30 we have the adams family i don't think any of us ever watched that nope um, no Okay, no. so now 10. I remember watching this. I think I actually watched a couple episodes recently. So this is Tales from the Crypt Keeper. So the, Tales from the Crypt was popular. I think one of the movies, the Demon Knight, Demon Knight had come out by this point, I think. Uh, I thought Demon Knight might have been more like 95. Wasn't that Bordello of Blood? Or was Bordello of Blood first? Uh, Demon Knight came out in 95. Okay. When did Bordello of Blood come out? 96. Oh, okay. I'm way off on that. The, so the movies hadn't come out, but like the, the H, I think it was HBO, the HBO yeah. series had come out. And it had been out which for I'm, a while. I'm kind of curious they, they made this into like an animated show because it's, like it's, well, the, I mean, the main show is not very like kid friendly. Yeah. But I mean, the, it's an the, odd choice, right? But it's it's based on the EC comics. True. And so, so what they did essentially, 
because they they introduced like um a couple of characters in the second season that like he kind of has a rivalry with and i just thought they added them because i didn't know this was based on a comic when i was a kid but i found out that there's actually they're actually host characters from other ec comics that they incorporate into the second season for it to like fight with the hosting of the show with which i thought was really kind of clever in hindsight Huh. Um, but this is this is so it's just an anthology horror show with him, with him hosting. It has the same guy that does the voice for the Crypt Keeper. Um, I think he does anything Crypt Keeper though, because I think he'd even his camos are like cameos are all Crypt Keeper voice. Okay. I don't know what his name is. I I used to know his name. John Cassier. Yeah. Really distinctive voice, great laugh. Um, I have I have a real I have a real affection for the Crypt Keeper as a character. Tales from the Crypt was never really in my wheelhouse. And I, I, his introduction is like boils and ghouls, which still amuses me. Yeah. So this Fair is ju- this is just anthology horror. This was kind of becoming an end thing for kids at the time because I think Goosebumps was hitting Fox around this time. Oh gosh. And um Are You Afraid of the Dark was hitting Nickelodeon about this time too. That was the one I saw more of. Of anything that was gonna be the creepy kid show, it was I saw more of Are You Afraid of the Dark than anything else. Same Shad. Yeah. I think Wait, I... wait, Matt, favorite episode? Uh Oh, man, I can't. There's o- there's only one right answer to Are You Afraid of the Dark, and it's the Zebo the Clown episode, which is like the second or third episode. Mm. Where he steals, the- he steals like the the boy steals like the clown's nose, and like he's at home, and like the clown's like calling him, and like his microwave meal turns into like the clown's cigars. Nope, that's not the one I was thinking of. Which one are you thinking of? I, I don't remember the name of it, but. Um... The one with the swimming pool that had the ghost in it. Oh, okay. That um, they had to use, like the 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 male lead was afraid, like the female lead was a lifeguard, but the male lead was afraid of water, and um, like people had been getting like held under, pulled and held under and drowning oh, and stuff. Okay, I remember that one. I also think though, I think we remember that one better because at our age, are you afraid of the dark? Was aimed at young teenagers whereas goosebumps was a little younger a little younger well the the mask episode which is like that debut movie for it i thought was pretty good for goosebumps but um i think i think are you afraid of the dark was just aimed a little higher oh i found the name of that episode. it's called the dead tale of the dead man's float okay and um I'm. Uh, I know you hear my keyboard clacking, but the uh, the monster because they had to use something to get it to show up. Like there was a smell of rotten eggs, so they threw something on it so he would they could see it. I don't remember how it worked, but the the visual for the monster from it was you know, really impressive. I had no idea what you were talking about at first, and the more you describe this episode, the more I'm getting like vague flashes of watching that. Here, I'll send you. I'm sending you a link to the picture of the monster. Okay. But it was a. Uh, I don't know why, because I was kind of a skittish kid, and it. Uh, 
I don't know what like oh, I watched. Oh damn! I remember right? that. That's pretty good for low budget. This is like shade, not quite as terrifying, but almost like shades of, of Tar Man from Return of the Living Dead. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty uh, it's pretty creepy. Um, and I, I don't remember how they uh, how they uh, they they resolved it, but um, I think the kids just straight up died at the end of some of those, didn't they? Not this one, but I, I can't remember what, the. Was there one where like the the furnace in the basement was like haunted or something? Like I have distinct remembrances of like some like fire in the basement for one. I don't remember. I I bet th- I think that's on that's on something I just saw recently. I bet they all suck though. That's the problem. Some of that stuff's hard to go back to as an adult because you're just going to be like, oh, that's not scary. Like, oh, that's obviously, like, really low budget. So there was a chemical they threw on the thing from that one that was, uh, it was manganite. I'm not sure what, but it it does something that causes it to evaporate. But this was, uh, I think this was always on after Ren and Stimpy, so I was always up for this after Ren and Stimpy on Saturday night. Because remember, they, this was this was a part of um, was it called Snick? What was that? Snick- Saturday Night Nickelodeon. Yeah. So the, the, Snick, yeah. That was their kind of older stuff. So I think I think Ren and Stimpy was on that for a while. This was on there. Um, All that was on there. Uh, I think that Alex Mack show was on there. Alex Mack and I think the Adventures of Pete and Pete were on there for a while. Oh yeah, and was Clarissa explains it all on there at all? No, I don't think that was on SNCC. I think that was just general afternoon fare. Well, I remember Pete and Pete when that was like a short. Yeah, I, I do remember that because there was a the one that I remember. There was one about um, the older Pete got a job over the summer um, mowing highway medians, and he would get bored. And he was like, "So I tried honing my psychic power, and I blew up a car with one once." And then he decided not to do it again. He just went back to mowing lawns. Like, no, no, whoa, 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 whoa. Back up a second. Back up a second. Could we get an explanation? But they're like, no, short's over. Sorry. I, I always felt, um, I always felt that show was when I was when I was watching it when it was coming out. I always thought that went downhill after Artie, the strongest man in the world, left the show. Mm-hmm. I always thought he was the best character as a kid. <laughs> I remember him. Pretty well. God, the dumb shit we watched when we were kids. Yeah, yeah, yep. That's that's entirely accurate. We should do just like a straight up like Nickelodeon show, so I can talk about how awful the last episode of David the Gnome was. Oh, have we Didn't, talked about that before? Yeah, we've we touched have. on it. Yeah, they die and turn into trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then their fox buddy goes off to get some sympathy tail. Yeah. Oh, boom. So what was next on the list there, Brad? Bugs and Tweety in its usual hour slot because okay. ABC eternally has Bugs and Tweety. Um, 11.30, City Kids. I didn't know what this is. So this is some Jim Henson production that's half puppet, half live actor um, aimed at, I guess, teenagers. I have no idea what it is past that. I got nothing for you. And then 12 to 12.30, we have Back to the Future, Land of the Lost to finish off our... ABC lineup, so 
Um, this is a mixed bag. I think I, at the time, I liked Tales from the Crypt Keeper and Sonic. So um, this isn't a terrible lineup for when I was a kid. I don't remember a lot of the stuff that's on here or it wasn't in my wheelhouse, but that Cowboy Sonic block would have been pretty solidly uh, in my wheelhouse for me. Yeah, I would actually agree with that. Like from this this entire ABC lineup, those would have been the two I would have watched. In that time slot, yeah. Because mm-hmm. Sonic wasn't a bad show. No, no, no it really it wasn't. wasn't. Yeah. Okay, so CBS. Now, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to put that disclaimer on here yet. I did not have CBS. Our CBS was not showing cartoons at this point. So I, if I have not seen this on a different channel, I do not know much about it. Okay. So CBS 8 AM. We have Marsupilami. He is, he is a spinoff out of that raw tunage show from the year before, I believe he's like a long tailed cat creature thing. I might have to. He's not a possum. No. Long tail, long tail marsupial. I'm gonna have to take your word for it because I had no memory of this whatsoever. I remember this show and I remember like the theme song because it was like almost like an uh, an earwig that just would like get earworm would like get in your brain. But I didn't really like the show. It's like it a, was. It's like standard issue wacky cartoon like. Yeah, stuff. it's and apparently it's. Yeah, the the Marsupilani character is like a French or a Belgium character um, that I think was licensed to Disney because this was like a Disney show. Yeah. And he's very forgotten uh, now. Oh, he's very forgotten. And he's not. I think I, I don't think that Disney owns the character because he, he's very 90s in his presentation too, the way they did yeah. him. So I think that's yeah, I mean, why he's so... I've not seen Disney like used the character since then so uh that's why i think they don't own it but even if they even if they did own it like they bought the rights to it like they they don't really see a lot of value in the character like you'll if you go to disney disneyland like you'll see you're gonna see more like dumbo or something like that's a property that's like 50 plus years old than you will see this character yeah definitely agree with that so 8 30 little mermaid still hanging on um, again, that's really weird because that movie is a little long in the tooth at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Nine to ten, Garfield and Friends is still there. I think it's been there for like five or six years at this point. Yeah, it's um, just all reruns at this point, I, I think. I like Garfield and Friends, but that seems like a lot of Garfield for this point <laughs> in time. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so ten, we have all new Dennis the Menace. I have no idea what this is. Do it's either... based off of the um the comic strip that was in the newspaper well but the, there was a the cartoon movie. in the 80s though and that's not this right i don't know because um, the one in the 80s is where like had phil hartman as mr wilson you know what let me let me do a quick image search and make sure if i'm which one i'm thinking of because i don't want to speak no uh, hmm. It looks a lot like the '80s show, but different. Um. Then no, I have no idea about this one. I didn't watch it. The only one that I remember was that older art style. This looks a lot like the one I remember watching in the. 
I have no idea. Okay. Uh, we look. It, it, it was. It's based on a card. Based on a. Um, oh, was the Walter Matthau um, movie out by this point? You know, I'm not sure. I feel like yes. It was probably a tie-in then. They tried to pump an awful lot of mileage out of a comic strip about an annoying little shit of a kid. Oh, so Den- looking it up, the the Dennis the Menace movie was 1993, so that they they could have put this out probably as like a, a oh, synergy type of thing. It came out mm. in the summer. Yeah, that was not a good movie. No, it wasn't. And it's like Dennis the Menace was. I mean, it's an enduring uh, comic strip, but was anyone like clamoring for? I- I, I remember being interested, but like I said, that that cartoon in like the mid to late 80s was well received because it was mm-hmm. well done. And there was that. And I know because Nickelodeon was showing a lot of old stuff, especially Nick at Night, like that black and white Dennis the Menace TV show was around and about at the time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't I don't think it did well. It's but, It's weird. You brought up the movie. Like people remember Walter Matthau was in it. You remember Christopher Lloyd was the villain in it? There was a villain. Yep, that drifter guy. But remember, they, this was also the era though where they were putting a lot of those weird properties out that weren't going to do well. Like remember they did um, Little Rascals at the time. Uh, I yeah. I saw Little Rascals at the time. Um, As a kid, I thought it was probably. I, I probably thought it was okay. The Phantom and the Shadow. Uh, now, don't you talk bad about Phantom and Shadow. I'm I saying, still love those things. I don't I th- think they did big business, but I loved them. I like the, the Shadow. Phantom. I think was a complete bomb. I like the Phantom. Shame. What was it? Twenty forty nine show or something? I liked that at the time. The the cartoon. Yeah. I vaguely yeah. remember that. I liked both of those. I liked both the Phantom and the Shadow. I got a huge kick out of them. Um, the Shadow from the like the pulp, and well, the movie poster had one of the coolest emblems on it, as I remember. That stylized black, blue, and black, blue, and red. I think it was. But all right, sorry. Sidebar you, over. You know, I actually feel like they could. I'm surprised like someone hasn't tried to snatch up like the rights of the the Phantom. Like I feel like that could, that in theory like that could. I oh, think, could do something. I think what with happened them. is everyone saw how badly Seth Rogen screwed up like the Green Hornet, which was a pulp movie, and that oh. tanked the value of a lot of his other properties because, well, mm. no, well, it was a double screw up because then they did that, and then a couple years later that awful Johnny Depp the spirit. Um, oh, well, we won't even get into the spirit, but the Johnny Depp Lone Ranger was a real bomb. And mm-hmm. they they just obviously don't know how to do those movies anymore. Yeah, uh, they I I think like I think The Rock is still attached to a Doc Savage film. Oh, I love Doc Savage. Yeah, I don't. But we'll see if that actually ever actually does fun fact a lot of a lot of superman stuff is ripped off directly from like doc savage like the fortress of solitude yeah. and stuff yeah um i will add, since you mentioned the spirit uh, that we could literally talk for some <laughs> length about that movie um who is it like was it gabriel man this it was some who was who was the main character in that like the lead actor in that oh i don't even I'm remember not sure 
I could look that up. It's some guy like at the time, like they were trying to make like a thing. But I remember watching that movie, and I, truth be told, like I I bootlegged it, like, but I remember watching it, and it literally like it kind of broke my brain for a while because. <laughs> I stand by I stand by this. Like people think I'm, I'm being, it's like hyperbole. I, it's not. Like I have seen I have seen movies that are considered oh the worst films of all time, like Plan Nine from Outer Space, something like that. It's like no, The Spirit might be, and I would say probably is the worst movie I've ever seen. You know, and it when I say it broke my brain, it's because I was stunned after watching that for like some time because I'm like, this movie is so bad. And to to have a movie that bad be released, because it was released into theaters for a time, it, yeah. like there are so there are so many levels of like quality control and like studio involvement, like produce people. So many people had to sign off on the final product for it to be released. I'm like, what the fuck happened? Like, how did so many people get it wrong? Because it's so. It is such an aggressively bad movie. It is bad from top to bottom bad. Like well, that's what I've heard. Bad. I've heard that it was. Well, it seemed at least when it was coming, it seemed to me like they were trying to do a Sin City follow up with, with the style. The style. They, they were. Yeah. They were. They were, t- but, they were totally doing that. And it's. Di- I mean, it's directed by fucking Frank Miller of all people, who uh, should not have been allowed. And, and <laughs> no. the spirits, it should not have been allowed to direct. The spirits like kind of lighthearted and quippy. Too. Yeah, the the reason that Sin City works well is because it it basically looks just like the comic, and the comic is dark, and mm. not just visually dark. Like it is content very dark as well. But you know, oh no, it worked for them. We need to do it too. He okay. The main the spirit was played by G- Gabriel Mott, who at the time was in like a few. A few like big budget productions like The Good Shepherd, which was uh, directed by Robert De Niro and starred Matt Damon. So Matt I think Damon. they were trying to get him like heat, I guess, at the time, but it it just didn't didn't work. So I want to do a quick throwback for you. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Brad. I know I'm jumping in and I'm jumping to something earlier, but fun bit of trivia about the Phantom movie. Originally, it was going to be Bruce Campbell, and then the studio told them they had to do a casting call for the role, and they're like, don't worry, we want you, but the studio's making us do the casting call, and then the studio made them pick Billy Zane after the casting call. I thought Billy Zane was a good Phantom, though. He was a good Phantom. We could have had Bruce Campbell, though. I I like Billy Zane as a Phantom, but I I, I actually do, too. I thought he did a really good job. I should rewatch the Phantom, because I actually, at the time, I actually liked that film. I think it was it, it had its merits. I think. It's it's fun. It's if you were to take the very the first mummy movie with Brendan Fraser and what you're doing is you're going to you're going to make it in the early 90s. So the budget's going to be a little bit less and the effects are going to be a little more hokey. It's still it's just good fun. I and, mean, well, let's let's add it. Let's add one caveat oh, for Catholic the mummy. Zeta Jones is smoking in that one. I was going to mm. say, oh, you, my God. I was going to say, add one caveat between the mummy and the phantom. You also don't, you also needed Mask of Zora to show that you have to do like a good kind of down to earth action movie. Mm -hmm. And you get to have Catherine Zeta Jones be smoking hot in that one too. So (laughs) 
I, I'm going to defend Plan 9 from Outer Space, though, because mm-hmm. people that call that the worst movie of all time, it cannot be the worst movie of all time if it's as entertaining as Plan 9 from Outer Space is. I, I don't think it's the worst that people just list that, but no. I actually think it is entertaining. <laughs> well, there's, um, a, there's a certain self-awareness to itself, too, that I think precludes it from being the worst movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, they they have not had success with it, but the, arguably one of the quintessential pulp, besides all these pulp heroes we just mentioned, pulp characters would be like Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. And they just haven't they haven't figured out how to do. Oh, they're that. not they're not jumping on that because they they can't they don't they 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 can't um. I just don't think they know how to bring his personality to the screen. They they are not sure. There's also a lot of Conan stuff where they would want to sanitize it for modern audiences, and frankly, that would probably be too hard for him to pull off. Um, they, they they also given the amount they would have to do. I don't know. They just missed the point after like the Arnold movies. Yeah. I've I've said I've talked to people about this online. Um, this would kind of be like weird in a way, <laughs> but I'm like someone should remake Conan, and they should hire his you know his essentially his illegitimate son Joseph Bana. <laughs> oh, you laugh, but have no, you taken, no, no. Have, have you like seen a picture of Joseph Bana? Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm laughing. Just so Joseph, for those who are not aware, like I mean, it ended Arnold's marriage, and rightfully so, because you can't you can't commit it you can't commit infidelity under your spouse. But he had an illegitimate child with the like the housekeeper or something. But the kid's name it was Kid. He's like in his twenties now, but his name is Joseph Bana, and the kid has taken up bodybuilding, and he looks so much like Ar- young Arnold. It's ridiculous, and the kid is like in absolutely fantastic shape and he looks like you would expect conan like like conan to look and he looks like a young arnold when arnold was doing the conan movies it's like how can no one see like dollar signs with this kid like i i if i was a movie producer i'm like look i don't care like i'm gonna try (laughs) i'm gonna try and make a conan movie work with his son because it would like it like kid like looks the part there's a picture out there with him with long hair. It's like, wow, he, he, it's Conan. He's Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, yeah. It's sometimes though, like, because I'm gonna defend the movie. It, it bombed mm-hmm. horribly, and it's already forgotten. But the the John Carter movie that Disney put out like a oh, decade ago oh. is a good yeah. movie. It's a really good movie, and they just did it's not fun. know how to market it. It's, I've never seen fun. it because I heard everyone was shitting on it so i was like oh i guess no, it's, I need it's to watch legitimately it. it's legitimately a good movie like civil war retired civil war soldier ends up on mars it's a good movie like mm. it's, it's well acted you know it's coming from a pulp novel you know it's a good movie they just marketed it badly at the time i i enjoyed it a lot but i'm a john carter fan so yeah it it, it was the um it was the victim of a whole confluence of events, so it, it it gets dogged way more than it should. Yeah. So back to cartoons. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is still holding on here. Um, I don't think I had been watching it for a while at this point. 
I think the animation was dropping off around here. Yeah. Um. So 11:30 Cadillacs and dinosaurs. I remember. I think there were toys for this. This wasn't this based on like a comic. Yes, I remember the comic. It was a wasn't it a Malibu comic? Uh, I think. It was. It I don't... was. Mm-hmm. I think this was like around that time, like dinosaurs were really popular. Like there was Cadillacs and dinosaurs and Turok. And oh, I'm getting ready to screw with you. See how your memory goes on this one. Do you remember a movie that featured an animatronic dinosaur detective with Whoopi Goldberg as a partner? I do. I never watched it. What what the fuck was this called? (laughs) Something. Uh, I think. I feel like it was Theodore Rex. There you go. Was this like uh, was came this, out in 1995? Was this like um, we're back a dinosaur story just with noir elements? Uh, no, there's no noir to it from what I can tell. Uh, intended for a theatrical release, but had a straight to video. Well, also, the, <laughs> also look, 93 is the, uh-huh. the year. 93 is the year Jurassic Park came out, so there's that. Oh, uh, there's there the wave. Go. There's yeah. the wave. I don't think people remember. If you're too young to remember, Jurassic Park was massive when it came out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I um, I was in fifth grade. I read the Jurassic Park book Which in isn't fifth bad. grade. No, the book's good. Yeah. The book is gory as shit. Remember, like, he but, just... I remember he blows one of the raptors up with, like... And just leaves its, like, feet because he uses, like, a like a, a rocket launcher on it. Yeah, because that's the, the... He told Hammond the only way he would come on is if he had a way to deal with the dinosaurs. And he said, you know, well, I have to use a shoulder-mounted launcher and I need different munitions. And Hammond was like, well, you can't kill him. He's like, oh, yes, I can. Hammond's, like, whining at him. He's like, you can't... Don't hurt my dinosaurs. He goes, I'll do what I damn well please. And he blows one of them in half and he has a like a giant uh sedative dart that he has to use on the t-rex at one point because that's the only thing that they've got that can do anything to slow it down mm-hmm. so he just he he just pumps the thing full of sedative and shoots the t-rex with it you're right that movie was like huge at the time at the time but i mean in the in the 20 plus years 25 plus years since then like it's a, there have been records that have like blown past it but at the time it became like the highest grossing film of all time because it was just massively popular it had oh, like that star wars effect well the thing was yeah. though because at the time it's a lot like star wars was and why the star wars re-release in like the late 90s was so effective is mm. if you watched it at home there wasn't anything quite like seeing it in the theater. And that's why mm-hmm. like when star Wars hit theaters again in like 97 or 98, that was such a big deal because you couldn't experience star Wars like that. Like get seen no. it on the big screen was a big deal. Yeah. There, I, I will admit there is nothing quite like sitting in a movie theater and hearing the star Wars theme coming through the speakers. It gives me goosebumps or hearing that tie fighter, like, screech all around yeah. you yeah or the millennium falcon like thing either yeah i just, agree just hearing the theme kick off i see i, I 
that that is the the fond memory I have of of like the last Jedi, but it's just the the theme goes, and I just sit there and I close my eyes because it just it just feels right. So I, I've never seen Cadillacs and dinosaurs. I know of the property. Do either do any of you guys have any idea of what this was? Nothing. Not okay. really. No. So we're gonna get to twelve, which I'm actually. This is the one I've been chomping at the bit to talk about. Is, uh, okay. Uh, Beekman's World. So this is this actually started on the Learning Channel the year before and was in syndication, and um, the assistant changed between now. But I think Lester the Rat was still around, wasn't he? Dunno. Yes. Okay. So this is this is kind of like very comedy based, kind of based on Mr. Wizard. Um, so Beekman like you know answers scientific questions. You know, it's an educational show, but it's kind of weird. It's kind of cool. There's penguins involved in there. Um, this was appointment viewing for me uh, for a long time. And I even caught it when it came back on T- Whenever it comes back on TV, I'll, I'll catch an episode if I see it. I have to admit that um, the I never watched Beekman's World or its competitor or anything like that because... Here's my rationale. My rationale was, I already pay attention in school. I ain't watching this. This is really good. I mean, it made it fun. I, I don't. I never liked Bill Nye the Science Guy because I always thought, even as a kid, I thought his show was like smug, condescending, and lowest common denominator. Whereas Beekman was more of like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm, we're gonna learn about this together, and I'm gonna like explain this to you where. Bill Nye's always felt like, well, dumbasses, like, I'm going to have to educate you heathen children. I never watched either one, but um, I never time, Nye. time since then has uh, kind of borne out Bill Nye being um, an insufferable prick. Yeah, even his fans <laughs> think he's like insufferable douche now but i mm-hmm. but beekman is very much like if you're into like mst3k or stuff like that like beekman kind of slides into that sense of humor okay better and he still does like the character at like cons and stuff here and there really i didn't know that yeah hmm. but i love this show um it's i don't know how it holds up because it's very 90s it was but i actually I, I agree with you. Like I much preferred Beak, uh, Beakman's role to Bill Nye. Is it just for the humor involved, or? Yeah. Um. Well, really everything. Like I thought it was, that it was better, much better. And Lester was like a good everyman. I thought. Yes. Shad Lester was a guy dressed as a giant rat. Just FYI. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Yeah, and he was kind of like the, he was kind of like, he was kind of like Pinky if Pinky was surly instead of like <laughs> airheaded. He was kind of surly, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. All right. It was very, it was, they, they were obviously, it was like obviously a show, I think, I and I'm totally, I could totally be making this up. As an adult, it feels like a show that probably developed on in like some New York public access thing because they're all very New York. Ah, okay. Um, and how they talk and stuff. So, well, maybe I liked so. it. It's a good show. I I would recommend checking it out. 
just for the the fun of it. Um, okay, so 12:30 CBS story break still in there. So we're gonna mm. head over to Fox, which I think Fox is gonna win this year. I'm just gonna say it now. I mean, we've talked about everything on here except one. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna blow through this up to X Men. So eight we have Dog City, eight thirty Bobby's World, nine Tom and Jerry Kids, nine thirty Eek the Cat, um, ten a.m. Tiny Toon Adventures, ten thirty Tasmania, eleven X Men, which um, I think this is season two of X Men. So they've moved out of the Genosha plot line into the Mr. Sinister stuff? Yes, and um and then like Charles and Magneto were in the Savage Lands. Like they would mm-hmm. like enter they'd usually like end an episode right. with the, them progressing through the Badlands. Or Savage yeah. Lands, sorry. Where where their powers didn't work but Xavier could walk again. Yeah. However that's supposed to be. Yeah. Okay. Did they ever have Kazar? Yeah, they had Kazar on this, didn't they? I don't think so. They had to have. Yeah, but um, I I still like the show. I think we get Spider-Man next year. I think so. I just that was a big deal at the time. Remember when they had like the X-Men crossover with Spider-Man? <laughs> you don't know how to be subtle, do you, Wolverine? Don't even know how to spell it. <laughs> Or the other very Spider-Man, because Storm always had her her big ways of talking. Power of wind, blow with mighty force. And he goes, uh, power of web shooters, be real sticky. What's better than when, um, remember when they did the X-Men on Spider-Man and his amazing friends and Wolverine had a Australian accent? Wow, no. I kind of remember that. Yeah, I remember there was a um, there was a special that was called Pride of the X-Men that had that. That was like a prototype for this almost. That's actually not a bad that's actually not a bad cartoon. I remember. Okay, I was trying to remember more about this story, but to get X-Men on the air. The um, I can't remember who who the woman was, but she staked her job on the success of this show. She had worked with Stan Lee. Pride of the X-Men was from she had done a project with Stan Lee to put that on the air to try and get the show launched earlier. And they didn't go for it. So she staked her job on getting this. They're like, well, if it doesn't take off, it's your job. And she goes, it'll take off. They go, if you don't, it's your job. She goes, that's how sure I am. It'll take off. And. There it went. I think Beast got out of jail this year. Yeah, finally. Yeah. Wow, that plot line went on forever. Yeah, and um, I'm trying to think. Because they had Juggernaut appear in the first season. Colossus was in the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, Sinister was at the very end. Yeah, but, Sinister fed into season two. Hey, Bishop, he, was Bishop in season one or was he in season two? I think he was in season two because that they introduced him through the Days of Future Past stuff. Yeah, and then they might have gotten into the Dark Phoenix stuff this year, but I'm not well, sure. That might have been season had, three. I I think the arcs, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do this, but it was Sentinels and Genosha season one. I think season two was um, Mr. Sinister in the Savage Land. 
I know the Phoenix showed up, but I thought that was season four because well, they did the a... follow up with like the Hellfire Club, like they did the Dark Phoenix thing. But the original, like with you know, um, like the oh, what was Lalandra's kingdom called? The t- the Shi'ar. Yeah, the Shi'ar stuff. That was like a there was like a six part thing with them. Yeah. But and they came back because the Dark Phoenix had woken up and like ate a star system or something. But there's another storyline that I am forgetting and I can't put my finger on what it was. Uh, It's not important. Apocalypse might have shown up this season. Yes. There it is. Because they didn't they turned angel into archangel. Yeah. And then they had. um. They had like the thing where they he had that virus and they had Wolverine heal it, and then they had to like mess with something because at the end of the episode he shows up and he like kills all the X Men as they're like escaping. So they had to like do something different. It got weird. I, I don't remember. Yeah, uh, I don't weird. remember at that point. But the next time slot does have something new, doesn't it? Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which I was a little too old for it by this point. Yeah, I was a little. I I watched like a good bit of the first season, but I was also kind of like too old for it. So this but, is this is an interesting show because what they did is mm-hmm. they took a show from Japan called Super Sentai, mm-hmm. and they took the action scenes. And then they spliced in American, like, actors into the non-action scenes. If you've watched um, on Netflix the toys that made us about the Power Rangers, this whole thing was built from the toy sales thing yet again. But they started doing – they started it with the importing the the Japanese stuff as a cost-cutting measure to get the show on the air. Which would be fine if it was not always every time the same clips, you know, like it. it, The stock footage. Yeah, even if there's a guy named Linkara who has done a video series on the history of the Power Rangers, and I don't know how far he's gotten, but one of my favorite lines that he uses in that review is the Rangers fight some stock footage. It's especially bad. I don't. I I know why I went looking for it. I went looking for it because I was was in a D&D campaign playing a bard, and he had a flute. And what I was trying to do is I was trying to crack one of the other players up. So whenever I would use bardic inspiration, I would use one of the tones from the Dragon Dagger. So I went looking to go get the tones, and I went through one of the episodes, and oh my – it was at the end of season one – where they were getting ready to convert over to, to new stuff, and it was um, the T-Rex and the Dragonzord were crushing the town. They went through, seriously, an entire TV segment. They went through two TV segments using the same clips over and over and over again. Like the, the Dragonzord's attack on the city and the Rangers' reaction was the same stuff over again with different audio from the Rangers for it. I wonder like, how really frustrating. I wonder how stock footage dependent Super Sentai was. I don't know, but well, I don't know. It, they Rangers wasn't the worst. There used there was a show called VR Troopers that was even worse about it. Mm. But um, like literally show. every show 
use the same stock footage at the end. So like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, this spawned a oh, metric huge. crap load of imposters because this was this was huge at the time. Like they did it, they did like a oh, feature yeah. film. But this this spawned like VR Troopers, <laughs> um, Big Bad Beetleborgs, the yep. Mystic Knights of Tiernanog, um, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, which was a which was an Ultraman show, but it was meant to be a Power Rangers ripoff. And I'm sure there's a bevy of other ones I'm thinking of that I can't even remember the names to anymore. Tattooed Alien. Uh, oh, tattooed yeah, yeah, Alien yeah. Alien Fighters from Beverly Hills. Yeah. I was I was going to try and, like, figure out. That was, the, <laughs> that was the like, the, the cable access, like, budget version <laughs> of it. It aired on, it aired on, like, the USA Network. Yeah. And then it was, like, they didn't even have, like, good outfits. Like, they were just in, like, sweatpants. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, compressions shorts and stuff one of the things i'm sorry i'm going to throw this in there for a second that was frustrating about power ranger stuff because i watched the first two seasons of it one um i was like at the upper edge of their their target age and then two my brother was like my brother's four and a half years younger so he was like all in on it right so i watched it with him because yeah what the hell right the second season they converted it was they went from the Megazord to the Thunderzord, uh, and then it also introduced the Samurai Megazord. Wait, no, was that that was the third season? So it went to the Thunderzords from the Thunderzords, it went to the Ninja Megaz the Ninja Zords and the Samurai Zords. Okay, fine. I get you know, they're 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 we're putting out new toys. In that third season, they actually bought the suits for the Ninja Megazord and the Samurai Megazord so they could shoot their own footage of the giant monster fights, which, holy crap, that's actually really cool, right? Like, this is so crazy successful. Like, this is so off-the-chart successful that, uh, you know, heck, let's go ahead and invest in it. See, let's make now, it a little my, bit better. My problem with that would be, though, is I would – like the Japanese have been doing that at this point, they've been doing it for 40 years since like the first Godzilla movie. So yeah. um, I think I would rather leave it to the Japanese who are used to choreographing good fights between people in rubber suits instead of like trying to do it myself. But that's just me. Don't worry about it. Cause at the end of the season, they did the same thing. They killed Zordon. They got the, and they became the Zeo Rangers. And at that point I knew I was done. Well, they, they just followed Japan. Cause I think Japan would, would change it up every couple of years. The the series in Japan weren't connected. They were just yeah. It was a Sentai series with a whole new cast and crew. And it, whereas in America they had like a continuity in a lot. I of think cases. it ran for like thirty years in Japan. Like it it went from like the mid eighties I think into like last decade. But I think it lasted. I think the show lasted until last decade here too. Yeah. It lasted a long time. It's weird to know so much about a show that I actively don't care about anymore. <laughs> yeah. Didn't it's, they just do a movie a couple years ago? They did. They um, did like a remake. Was it any yeah. good? I never watched it, but yeah. I don't think it was as successful as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. The, from what I heard, they did do one interesting thing. Because the original Rangers cast was kind of diverse already and they're like well we'll just steer into it right the one of the things they did in the reboot is apparently they had one of the rangers 
was on the autism spectrum somewhere to kind of play into it. And apparently they handled it well. So I got to admit, I'm actually kind of impressed by that. Wasn't, um, wasn't now I'm, I'm going based on very vague memories of this. Cause I have not seen this since the first couple episodes, but wasn't the original like group. Wasn't it very guilty of like doing that? Every character is based strongly like on a single characteristic. Like you had leader guy, you had smart, you had the two, like, you had smart guy and smart girl. Then you had, like, girly girl. And then, like, the, the dancey kind of? guy. I don't remember what that Well, was. okay, so, God, I, the fact that all this is still lodged in my head. So, some of them, yes. Kimberly was the girly girl. Billy was the nerd. Jason, the Red Ranger, was kind of designated leader guy. He was the martial arts instructor. Um... Zach was dancey kind of guy, but he was also like a martial arts guy. So it, it kind of had like he and Jason were good friends, but they were also not, um, you know, they also kind of had their own distinct style. And then Trini was also a martial artist, but she was able to keep up with Billy enough to kind of translate his, you know, techno speak. The the thing I think that that annoyed me the most about the the quote unquote, the teenager scenes, right? Like the 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 American scene, that sort of stuff, was that it was not that you know Bulk and Skull were were typical moron wannabe bully types, or that they steered into the stereotypes because I figured they were steering into the stereotypes because they're wanting to appeal to different demographics aren't kids, they but, like um aren't those aren't the actors for those two like amazing at conventions like yes don't they like don't they like go around before a show and like drag like couches out so people like and make people like sit and talk to them like when they're doing they, like the, the signings um, and stuff? skull who it's jason narvey's one of them and paul schreier i think is the other they go every every convention they go to they go to a goodwill and they get a couch and they put the couch at their booth. So whenever you take a picture with them, because they're like, why don't we sit on something comfortable? Let's sit on a couch and then we'll take, you know, take pictures. And the couch is always ruined by the end of it because they're having a good time. The first year they were at Lexington, I actually ended up sitting next to them at a bar that was attached to the venue because I went in there to get something to eat. And it was the only place like I got a steak sandwich and they ended up sitting next to me. And I was just like, oh. Hey guys, and like they kind of gave me this look, like, "Oh God, we're tired." Here's now, I was like, "You guys having a good time here?" And they're like, yeah, "Yeah, we're having a lot of fun here. This is great." And I was like, "Glad you guys are. I hope you like it here. Maybe you come back." And I just went on, and then I got talking to the, the. This is so weird, but I got talking to the guy who is kind of trying to assume the, the mantle of the 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 next Ernest P. Worrell. So that's. Weird conversations to have post convention at a bar, but um, they're yeah they're great. But the the frustrating thing to me about the show with the live action stuff was any time like every show the group of them were getting into something new, they were all like good at it. Like there was an episode where Tommy wanted to be on the football team. Every one of the male characters made the team, and Tommy who didn't who had never played football before and was getting trained by the guy that owned the jutes bar was the new quarterback and i'm just like oh, 
God, come on, really? Now, now, let's be fair. Tommy did win his MMA fight. Yes. But it... Still, man. Did he ever fight any more fights, or did he just fight the one? No, he had more than one fight. I don't know how he did, but he had more than one fight. Okay. But anyway, it, it was it's it's a weird show. Like it, I don't think it ages well, but it still appeals to a younger, probably predominantly male demographic. I think girls liked it too. I think it really, I think it really knew how to like mass appeal. Probably, but you know, so, I guess I'm I'm looking at it from one side of the tracks. That is it for Fox. So we're gonna hit the the bit of NBC we have. So we have Saved by the Bell, the new class, and California Dreams, which does not excite me whatsoever. So, um, does anyone have any thoughts on Say by the Bell, the new class? <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely checked out of Teen NBC at this point. I think yeah. I watched like the first episode of Say by the Bell, the new class, and I was like, oh, they just, and this is as a 12 year old, I'm like, oh, they just palette swapped the characters. Hmm. And I think you're being a little too obvious about that if, if a 12 year old's picking up that you just archetyped everyone the same. It's kind of a shame that, I mean, the original cast had honestly kind of such a charisma about them that, you know, you're going to try and catch lightning in a bottle again. And it's not going to work. I actually think the new class ran longer than the original say by the bell did. <laughs> well, and they brought like Screech back and stuff, but I think they I think they did like cast alterations as it went. So I think I think it underwent some changes. So um, we're going to talk about a couple shows in the spring, but first, so looking at these lineups, I got to say for me, I think Fox wins this year, just based on X Men. Like Power Rangers was interesting to watch at the time, even though I was a little too old for it, and they're still eek the cat versus. Yeah. I think it's really that going against Sonic the Hedgehog and Tales from the Crypt Keeper. For me, ABC with Cowboys and Sonic gets the eight to nine slot. Yeah, that's going against eight thirty to nine slot. But then, if I compare everything else, then what's going to happen is I'm going to go from Dog City on Fox to Cowboys and Mumesa, Sonic the Hedgehog. This is, I'm saying this is what I did as a kid. Probably, and then it was like, well, is it Garfield or Eek the Cat? What do I feel like today? Then it would have been Tiny Toons. Tasmania, maybe if it was a Ninja Turtles I hadn't seen before. X-Men, Power Rangers, done. Um, if I had my druthers, that's how Saturday morning went. Um, that's a, I'd probably be ABC till 9.30 peek back into for the Crypt Keeper, but Fox the rest of the way. Unless there yeah. is something good on cable. No, you know what? I was probably watching X-Men and Power Rangers and Sonic, but I was probably also catching Mystery Science Theater 3000 in the morning <laughs> by this point. Yeah. Fox wins for me just on the sheer volume of stuff. What about you, Matt? Uh... I probably would have also like watched ABC until about nine thirty, 
and then probably switched over to Fox. Fox, I agree with. I think Fox. I think Fox would win overall. Actually, you know, honestly, I think I think Kids WB didn't exist, but who it was who fifty three here was going to become the WB, but I think it had, um, I think it had SWAT cats on at this point, and SWAT cats was appointment viewing for me. I thought that was a TBS show. It um it w- w- was on other things, but I do remember okay. it on TBS at like. On it was on Sunday nights because I think getting two stupid dogs was a was like a a block. I remember SWAT cats very well, but um... I I should do a show on that because that's I'm actually mad at Ted Turner still about that because he canceled it because he didn't like the violence and supposedly it was highly popular at the time. Oh, I don't doubt that it was it. popular. It was different than every other animated property that was out there at the time. And it built a world really well. Yeah. It did a lot of stuff very well. Yeah. So we're all but, saying Fox on this? I think so. Matt, what did you think about Power Rangers? Were you too old for it, too, at the time? or? Yeah, well, like I said, I watched I watched probably most of the first season. Um, and I guess I... I'll say like I enjoyed aspects of it because I mean, as someone who grew up watching like Godzilla kaiju films, like it was kind of kaiju enough that I, I did enjoy like the, when they would, when they would fight essentially giant monsters, like it was, it essentially turned into like a kaiju half kaiju, uh, battle fight for the, like the tail end of the episode. But overall, I, I think it was I was a little too old. Like, yeah. The the whole like Power Rangers craze, I was just too old for it to grasp me. I think for me, I wa- I'm like you. I watched I think a lot of the first season, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. then I think I think in like the spring of '94, I discovered Highlander, and once I started watching mm-hmm. like Highlander, like I had no room for <laughs> Power Rangers. I never cared for Renegade though. Let's get that straight. You know, my uh, my folks like to watch my parents like to watch Highlander and Adrian Paul was at Lexington Comic Con in 2019. Dude, my my I have a friend, my the friend I'd mentioned before, who's one of one of my best friends. He's um, he used to be a competitive fencer. He's still very much into it, but. He said Adrian Paul looks even more in shape now than he did on the show. And speaking of of, of Highlander, I think I think I got I was not not yet. I think I think Hercules starts popping up in about a year. Oh yeah. man, yeah, I watched <laughs> I watched so much of Hercules. Oh, I loved Hercules. That that first yeah. run syndication stuff at the time because that started as I think that started as like movies, didn't it? Like made for TV movies. Yeah, they yes. have one of those. Yeah, it had the the quote unquote movie pilot, as I labeled it in my head. Because didn't they didn't they used to do like some action block and they did like a modern day Smokey and the Bandit and then they would like they, throw the yes, Hercules in there. They did, they did. Which probably looking back, I guess you're right. There probably were like pilots, but that was clearly popular enough to get its own show. It frustrated me because I. I liked Hercules. I liked watching it. I thought it was fun. I, at this age, I was 
interested in dabbling with Greek mythology and stuff. But then when Kevin Sorbo got sick and Hercules, the legendary journeys was Eolus stumbles around and does stuff. I was so mad. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. Like I I can't fault Kevin Sorbo. I mean, like it's not like he wanted to get sick, but I would be so mad because I would have tuned in to watch Hercules. And it's like, I don't want to watch Hercules sidekick do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just looked him up. Adrian Paul is 62 wow. and had a kid <laughs> last oh, year. God damn. <laughs> Whoa, so God. He's, he's still getting busy. He has, he has, he had, uh, he had a child in 20, 2009. Um, then he has two sons born to 2012 and 2020. So that's, wow, uh, that's kind late. of a gap. Yeah. That's some, Dude. that's some staying power down there, man. Yeah, when, uh, is, is Lorenzo Lama still alive? I remember him. That's all I remember about Renegade was that yeah, he's like, still alive. Lorenzo I Lama guess, says Renegade. I guess the joke here is Adrian Paul really knows how to handle a sword. There it is. <laughs> That's oh, a good God. one. Boom. Thank you. Um, there was that Kung Fu the Legend. Was that the Kung Fu the Legend TNT. continues? I remember seeing that advertised yes. on TNT. Did you know that they have remade Kung Fu? No, they yeah. did. Yeah, it's. I think it's actually has aired. What? Let me look this up. Um. I got it. Okay, yeah, gotta it's, it. it's it's Go it, it's it's aired, and I guess it has been renewed for a second season. But it. I'm trying to see what if it aired what network it it's aired. Oh, the CW. Okay. But they, in true, in true the sign of the times, like they have to, they they can't just ha- they can't have it be like a, an Asian. It can't just even just be like an Asian man. They've essentially gender swapped it, so now the main character is uh, an Asian woman, who has taken on the, the main character, and it's like, okay, <laughs> it's like I Fine. wasn't even. I wasn't even like that into the franchise, but it's like it's almost like eye roll. It's like okay. They always have to do that. That's what I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I wish well, I that mean, they would have let Bruce Lee do the original one so badly. Yeah. The problem I have when they when they start doing that is, I mean, sometimes it's fine. I don't care, but sometimes like you end up watching it, it's like. Oh, you were like so busy like changing all this stuff, you forgot to actually make the the, the new thing good. Mm-hmm. But I thought I sometimes it works though. Like Battlestar Galactica, they um they gender swapped Starbuck, and I thought who they cast to be the new Starbuck was like excellent. Katie yeah. Sackhoff. Yeah, she was. She was. If if you haven't seen that movie, I mean, seen that series, like she's she's like such a great just train wreck like i couldn't imagine like a better just like ace pilot that's just a train wreck in her personal life like and um yeah great sci-fi show it's what um it's what uh star trek voyager should have been ah Mm -hmm. okay because the guy uh Ron Moore, who did, who was part of DS9 and the creative direction of that, and then wasn't involved with Voyager, did Battlestar Galactica. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, God, I love DS9 so much. Yeah. All right. I, what I liked about that 
we're not going to go deep into it. I like that they got into the dark underbelly of the Federation a bit with that. And the fact that they couldn't just go to warp and leave whatever the issue was, they had to have character growth. And I, they, the relationships that, that build through DS nine are so good. Actually. Um, um, I think the best character arc in that whole show is Damar. Damar has a great character arc. Um, okay. Great character. Cisco has a great character. Damar, uh, Worf, Nog has a really great character arc. Um, uh, Rom. Rom actually might have Rom, the best. Rom, I don't know if he gets so much. Well, he has growth. No, he, I don't know about he gets all. like Mom, he, um, he becomes the okay, okay. He really. I ha- forgot the very end. Yeah, and I mean even Quark doesn't have a character arc so much though as Quark becomes the voice of reason. Yeah, Quark has character growth, but he doesn't have an arc. Like I like that one where he explains that like Vulcan woman like that she's she's buying too high on P like he he in a capitalistic way explains to her how she can get peace in this situation they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, I also the, like that the Cardassians, like how they flesh them out and like kind yeah. of the, the redemption arc they had through Damar. Yeah. Oh, that was really, you know, Damar wasn't actually supposed it, it, the very last episode spoilers. When Damar goes down, he wasn't actually supposed to say anything. But the actor ad-libbed that last word that he had, and that really, like, that really brought it home, brings it all together. And my, um, my two favorite episodes are the baseball game episode and when they have to rescue their Moogie. Okay, the Magnificent Ferengi is excellent, and Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite is excellent. The I'm going to say the best is in the Pale Moonlight, um, but other ones that I really love... Um, the Worf's wedding one is really fun. Uh, the uh, oh God, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose it if I don't. Um, well, the there's the last two seasons are just full of excellent stuff, like just chock full of just great stuff. Yeah, the Dominion are a great. Um, they've never. Few shows have fleshed out um, an adversary like the Dominion, like their culture yeah. and and um, all that stuff. Even like um, that weird little what were the the Wayun when he was trying all the food from the holiday? Yeah, yeah, the, the Borta. And he's eating pizza, and I just if I was there, I would have wanted to stab him with a fork because <laughs> he's like pulling the pepperoni off with a stick and like just chewing at it daintily and i'm like oh my gosh like i just want to smack the shit out of it's, you right now it's because the the vorta don't ever eat like nobody in the dominion actually has like the the Jemadar, they don't eat they, they just don't have that gamble, weird, they don't um, have drug. sex yeah they've got ketrosol white yeah. the vorta are cloned so they don't have sex and they're they have been cloned in such a way by the founders that they don't enjoy food very much until they come to the you know they come to the alpha quadrant and like oh there's so many flavors what is this and like the the founders have brainwashed and ground under their heel all of the members of the dominion um 
in this just diabolical way that that make them fanatically devoted to them. It's such a shame that it didn't get the it, that the first season was kind of slow and it never kind of retained the audience it deserved. It, it I think season three is where it really found its footing. When they um uh, when they I thought where it really picked up is when they when they punished Odo and took away his shapeshifting oh, ability yeah. is about where the show started to. Yeah, because Odo had to grow that. I think. And it showed there head, were consequences too. Yeah, in my head, the the shift where the show kind of finally started growing the beard was probably when Cisco got issued the Defiant. Yeah. And so you could, because the problem is that for the longest time the station was defenseless. You know, it it was important. And it was a very port, stationary it, show. Yeah. Which hurt well, but that's the thing is that that coerced the growth and there were consequences for everything. But you introduce the Defiant and suddenly things kind of open up a little bit more in a good way. Like the first season I don't love, but it had its moments. Um, anyway, we are well yeah. afield from from uh, cartoon <laughs> stuff. So. OK, so we're going to we're going to hit we're going to hit four things real quick to end the year. So Conan and the Young Warriors, I don't know what that is. Um, I'm guessing that was kind of some offshoot of the Conan the Adventurer cartoon. Droopy Master Detective, which we were all scratching our heads about before this. I have no recollection of <laughs> yeah. this existing. Nope. Um, I figured that this is uh, an effort by Hanna-Barbera to create new content with this character in it so that it renews the copyright. I'm guessing, yeah. And then... Um, the terrible thunder lizard gets added on to eat the cat. That also has the cavemen that you mentioned, like when will the hurting stop? And then, um, 1130 on Fox gets where on earth is Carmen San Diego, which I think I, I did remember watching this, but my fond remembrances of Car- Carmen San Diego are the computer games and the game show on PBS, which was, uh, mm-hmm. is that where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Yeah. 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 Where in the world is and I can't do the bass drop because I started too low. Gorman Cindy. Yeah, the with the Rockapella. Yes. Okay. Where on Earth had honestly, if you go back and listen to it, had an amazing theme song. Cause it was like this huge sweeping operatic theme song. But nothing's what? gonna match up for for me for the PBS game. Wasn't show. the chief on that like a well established actress? Yes. Who um I feel like she died. I think she had brain cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, but it was a really good, like, it wasn't just a good game show for kids. It was a good game show. A lot of production value in it, too, because, like, the criminals all had cartoon versions of themselves. Yeah. I I was a huge fan of that, and I I, I especially loved all the different criminals. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're all memorable. They had like little things, like animated things of them. It was very much like um, the whammy. Like it was in that vein. And then uh, even... Pressure Luck? Yeah, Pressure Yeah, Luck. that animation style, yeah. And then like the very stylized sets and stuff. Mm-hmm. The sets were stylized. Um, it's not the same, but it's kind of similar if you go to Islands of Adventure at Universal Studios with like the bright colors and kind of the cartoonish. Thing. It's kind, of, it's very Dick Tracy movie esque, mm-hmm. not as dark, but you have bright, distinct um, 
bright and distinct styles and everything. And the chief was um, Lynn Thigpen, as yes. you were thinking of. Who was a great character actress. Is she her she's probably best known for her role as um in Lean on Me with Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Who portrayed who's the real life character he portrayed? Oh. Joe 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 Clark. Okay. Yeah, he uh that was a great that's actually a great movie. Kind of a forgotten movie. Like that was a yeah. I remember like that was a, a popular movie in like the late eighties. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I found a list of the crooks from the game show. Mm-hmm. Aside Double from Trouble Carmen, was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Double Trouble. And then Contessa, Eartha Brute, Nimoy, mm-hmm. who was an alien, uh, Patty Larceny, Robo Crook. Robo Crook was my favorite. Serenade, <laughs> uh, Top Grunge, and my favorite, Vic the Slick. Vic the Slick. I remember yeah. Vic oh, Slick. and Wonder Rat. I forgot about Wonder Rat. That's a, that's quite but, a cast of um of villainy. Yeah, to rotate through. I was sure if watching this show, I was pretty sure that if I had a chance to it, I could probably, you know, you watch Jeopardy and there's some nights you get it and some nights you're like, ah, I would have been sunk here. But I was pretty sure watching this show as a kid at the time that if I had the chance, I could get to the end round. As long as the end round wasn't Africa, I thought that I could pull it off. So um, I'm kind of looking ahead here, mm-hmm. and um, I think we have to. I think we have to give our send off to ABC because I think this is the last year ABC has a competent lineup. I think. I think we start getting into ABC having like Jim Carrey. Um, cartoons like based on like ace ventura and dumb and dumber mm-hmm. really weird stuff like this is we're at the point where where fox is going to take off and it's not even going to be close like next year's fox lineup is killer like the 94 mm-hmm. fox lineup like let's just let's just talk about it like for one minute before we go off here this is their 94 lineup dog city power rangers animaniacs eek Adventures of Batman and Robin, The Tick, X Men, and Where on Earth is Carmen Sandiego? Oh God! Like that's good. Oh God! Some of that's like a murderer's row. Yeah. And the sad thing is, is CBS actually comes to the table with a decent lineup. They come in with The Little Mermaid, Beethoven, Aladdin, Skeleton Warriors, Wildcats, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Garfield and Friends, and then Beekman's World. Like, so I mean, they even try, and it's not even. No, it's not even close. Yeah, like I think this is the point, and then I think after next year we start getting um, the WB coming in, and the WB comes in pretty hard. Like, so if we jump ahead to '95, like the first WB lineup is Animaniacs, Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries, Pinky and the Brain, Freakazoid, and Earthworm Jim. So they even come in. Yeah, hard. they come in swinging. Yeah. And then, well, 94, that happens. 95, Fox introduces Spider-Man, the animated series. That comes so, in in the spring of 94, actually. Does it? Yeah. Listed winner in 95, but just that is, yeah, that is. Oh, and the tick. Oh, my God, the tick. I love the tick. So what, Um. so going forward with this, so we're, we're we still have quite a few years, but I think, 
I think our original intention was to stop in either the 99-2000 season or the 2000-2001 season. I think we're going to mm-hmm. have to look at that because there's a point where just we didn't watch this crap anymore. So <laughs> um, I think 99-2000 because I'm looking at 2000 right now and I don't know half the stuff on here. Yeah. Um, I'm scrolling down to look and it's... I'm getting less and less of the same. Because I think uh, we have... I have some... I, I'm going to start developing blind spots going forward. I'm just going to be honest about it. Yeah. Like, some of this stuff I don't even remember. Like, even even on, like, the 95 lineup, I was looking at stuff, and I don't remember stuff. Like, I don't remember what yeah. Fudge was. I'm like, what? No idea. What was that? Like the masked rider? I don't know what that was either. Nothing. Got nothing. Yeah, so so it's gonna we're gonna get a little spottier, I think, because I'm gonna start hitting some real and CBS like like I never watched the mask cartoon. I don't I don't have a clue what that was I didn't like. Either. Yeah, so it it it, it gets m- more and more um, derivative and lame honestly as it goes just just unfamiliar yeah I, i'm just i'm jumping ahead a little bit to look but it's just like okay uh I, if if i wasn't looking at this article i would have thought you made most of these up like that's just that's fall of 96 is what i'm looking at wow teenage mm. mutant ninja turtles is still on the cbs lineup in 96 wow they there in ninety seven. I have to I have to know now, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it looks like it looks like ninety seven they kinda drop cartoons. Because yeah. that's you get the Weird Al show, um Wheel Two Thousand, which I think is Wheel of Fortune, the new Ghost Rider Mysteries, I remember that show. Yeah, so I remember that from, from being on um PBS, but yeah, so I think we're going to end it. I think 99 <laughs> is going to be the last one. So I think there's there's we got about five or six more of these episodes. And then we're going to get into some side stuff, though, with it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us for another series or for another episode uh, talking about them old cartoons. So. Uh, we would love to hear from you on our social media. Let us know what you think. Did we miss something? Are we being unfair to something? <clears throat> and so, this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>